In seeking the Lord about this morning, I believe I was quickened with uh, 2 Timothy, the first chapter. If you'd turn there, please. 2 Timothy, chapter 1. Phyllis and I went to lunch yesterday and riding around a little bit. She let me drive her car. <laughs> I keep asking her, don't you want to drive? She says, no, I'm good. But um, as we do, we got talking about things, talking about the Word, talking about situations. And we got on this subject, and usually it doesn't happen just like this, but uh, I believe I'm quickened to, to minister on it today. In uh, Timothy, 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12, he said, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. This is a wonderful declaration of faith. I know whom I have believed. I know him that I have believed in. And I am persuaded. This is not ambiguous. I know. I'm persuaded. This is how faith talks. I know what? I know him whom I've believed, and I am persuaded of what? That he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. Most people would quickly agree that God is able. But able to do what? Able to keep. Other translations say, Young's literal translations say, I've known in whom I have believed and have been persuaded that he is able, that which I have committed to him, to guard. To guard to that day. The NIV, this is the reader's version, NIRV, I guess you'd call it. He says, I know the one I have believed in. I am sure he is able to take care of what I've given him. He's able to take care of what? He's able to take care of everything. No. This is a big revelation. This is a very big revelation. What's he able to take care of? What's been given him. What's been committed to him. To guard. To keep. Not everybody. Not everything. Selah. Pause and think about that. The devil is so tricky, so crafty. He never comes obviously. And he takes truths and mixes error in with them. The uh, BBE says, I'm certain that he's able to keep that which I have given into his care till that day. That which I've committed to him to keep. That which I've committed to him to guard. Now, in talking about this, we want to deal with this question. Why do bad things happen to good people? That's a question, isn't it? It's a question that a lot of people think there's no answer to. 
And a lot of people think there is no rhyme or reason to it. Well, why do bad things happen to bad people? And a lot of folks might say, well, that's obvious, because they're bad. Well, then why do bad things happen to good people? Because they're bad? No, you said they were good. How about this? Why do bad things happen? Period. Right? <laughs> it's quiet in here. Go to Luke, the 13th chapter, please. Luke, chapter 13. I know whom I believed, the Spirit of God said through Paul, and I am persuaded that he is able to what? Keep. Guard. What? Everybody? Everything? No. No. What's he able to keep? What has been committed to, given to him. What's been committed to him, he's able to keep. In Luke, the 13th chapter in the first verse, it says, there were present at that season some that told him, Jesus, of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Now this is a bad thing. If they'd have had CNN and Fox and everything, then it would have been on the news. What? For all we know, some good Jewish people went to the temple, offered sacrifices. So they brought their animals, their sheep, their goats, and they, they're killing the sacrifices. And for some reason, Pilate sent soldiers, armed soldiers, and they slaughtered the people who were making the sacrifices along with the animals. They butchered them in, at, at the temple, I guess, wherever they were making the sacrifices. You could have assumed they're trying to be good, good Jews. They're trying to offer the sacrifice. You could have assumed they're good people. Verse 2. Jesus answered and said, suppose ye. How many know you can get in trouble by supposing? Jesus said, do you suppose these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans because they suffered such things? Why would he say that? Why would he bring it up? Why would the Spirit of God prompt him? Because that is the, uh, that's the assumption, the supposition that many people make. If something bad happens in an area or to a group of people, well, you know, God caught up with them. <laughs> you can run, but you can't hide. So God sent a tornado into a trailer park and killed a four-year-old. Why? Because cause what? Because the baby was bad? Bad child? Because there are other trailer parks. Why that one? These are big issues, aren't they? These are things that people wrestle with and some people think they have the idea or a city is flooded yeah probably a lot of sin in that city that's what happened to them really worse than other cities I mean if you're going by the worst sin city you could probably find one that should have been flooded before that one. <laughs> right? I mean, if you're being honest, this one might have been number 45 on the list of bad cities. Why did it get hit first? And these others are doing okay. That's why people think, they think there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. 
And people get mad. Why did God do this? Because you'll have even Christians, you'll have even ministers saying that God sent it. We don't know why, but he sent it. He did it. God caused your teenager to die in that car accident. Why? Really? Why? And so people scream why. And people shake their fist at God. Why? Why me? Well, Jesus is answering this question right here. Because it would seem there's no rhyme or reason. Why would he do this? He sent these soldiers. He slaughtered these people while they're trying to worship. Jesus said, do you think, do you suppose that these people were worse sinners than anybody else around there? That's why that happened to him, them? And what did Jesus say next? Well, he answered the question. What did he say? What did he say? Nay means no. Let this get in you. Everybody say no. no. Come on, say it again. No. no. Why'd that happen to them? Well, they're probably bad people. Come on, say it out loud. No. 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 Why did it happen to that city? Well, there's probably so much sin in there. No. Do not assume that. Don't do that. He said, I tell you no, and here's Revelation. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. He said, all of you are in danger of something similar happening to you unless you repent. The enemy has perverted and twisted this in many people's minds like he has so many things. Why did God do this? That's the wrong question. That's wrong thinking. Why did God let this happen to me? Wrong question. Is everybody awake? Yes. The question is, why wasn't he able to protect you? Because his will is to keep you. Come on, are y'all with me or not? His will is to keep you. But we just got through reading the text. What is he able to keep? Are people committing their lives to him everywhere? No, they are not. So is he able to keep everybody everywhere and everything? No. He's not keeping everybody and everything. There's so much junk that people say. And it sounds to them, it sounds religious and good, but it's just completely contrary to the Bible. Well, God's looking out for everybody and he's, he's taking care of everybody. No, he's not. No, he's not. Well, everything's working out for the best. No, it's not. Read that verse again. All things work together for good of a specific group of people. Not everybody. To them that love him. Does everybody love him? No. There are billions that don't even believe in him. Don't even believe he exists. They're not committing anything to him to keep. No. Very specific group of people. That God is causing everything to work out and work together for their good. It's those that love him. Do you love him? Yes. Then you're in a special group. I'm looking around. Who loves him in here? Come on here. Do you? If you do, you're not ashamed of it. You're not embarrassed about it. If you love him, and you really do, and you're endeavoring to follow him, he is able. Oh, somebody shout about he is able. He is able to keep what you commit to him. He is able to guard you and keep you and hold you in his hand. He is able to make everything work out together 
for your good. Woo! Somebody say he's able, he's able to keep what I commit to him. Thank you, Lord. He went on. Jesus gave another example. Verse uh, 4. He said, those 18 upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them. Here's another thing that happened that everybody knew in that area. There was a tower in Siloam and something happened. That tower collapsed and fell on people and killed them. Eighteen people that just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Now people have all kind of theories about why that happened. Well, it must have just been their time. You ever heard that? One guy, this back many decades ago, they were working in this foundry and they were doing some real dangerous work with steel and metal and molten stuff and they'd had a lot of people killed. Accidents on the job. And so they were endeavoring to implement rules and things to protect. And, and somebody was saying, uh, well, you just don't understand it, you know, and why the Lord took so many in. And, uh, and the supervisor said, well, I've noticed when we follow the rules, he don't take near so many. <laughs> like one fellow was saying, you know, he said, uh, man, I don't want to get on that plane and fly. He said, uh, and one, another fellow told him, oh, you know, until it comes your time to go, you ain't going. He said, well, what if it comes time for the pilot to go? <laughs> See, there's a lot of things. These things just don't work. They just don't work. It's not true that there is a, a day and date and time on the calendar that's your time to go. And when the clock clicks and hits that, boom, you're going. And it was just their time. This is not true. If you read the scriptures, it tells you there are things you can do that will shorten your days. The psalmist said, bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. But Proverbs talks about there are things you can do that will add years to your life. And prolong your life. He said those 18 that that tower fell on. And killed them and crushed them. Do you think. They were sinners. Above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem. Why would he say that? Because people think. Those things. They, they try to figure out and answer. Why did that happen to them? Maybe somebody said. I know them. That was my. You know, my sister's friend, they, they worked together. She was a great woman. You know, why did that happen to her? There's so many mean people around, and, and the tower fell on her. She's a good girl. Why did that happen to her? Well, God knows. They probably had evil in their hearts, and you just didn't know it. Well, the Lord says, you think they were worse sinners than anybody else around because the tower fell on them? Help me out. What, what did he say? What's the answer? What's the answer? Nay. Nay. Look at your neighbor. Help him out. Say nay. Nay. No. No. When people try to tell you this stuff, what do you tell them? No. No. Now, I can't control what you believe, but no. You're not convincing me of that. No. No, but except... You repent, you shall all likewise perish. He said the same thing. What's he saying? He's saying none of you are safe from things like this. Except. What does repent, what does repentance include? Repent, repentance includes acknowledging him. And believing in him. And giving your life to him. Is that right? right? Giving to him. 
committing to him, yielding to him. And what if we already find out? If you do that, what's he able to do then? He's able to keep what's committed or given to him. There's only one safe place throughout the entire earth. People, you know, they, they, they try to study the crime rates here and there and look at the statistics and this and that and, and put the right locks on your door and right security system. And that's okay. I'm not knocking that. But if somebody wants to get to you, they can get you with a high-powered rifle from across the street. There's enough germs in the air to kill everybody here. There's enough toxins in everything you eat, everything you drink. Why? Because the earth is full of the curse and evil. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen, period? Because the earth is full of the curse. That's why bad things happen. You don't have to do a bunch of bad things for a bad thing to happen to you. All you got to do is be on the planet. And there is curse. And there is evil. And there is death everywhere on this planet. And it's not why did God do it to me. You're on a planet full of curse. The only way to make it unscathed. Is to dwell in the secret place. Of the most high. Underneath the shadow. Of his wings. Come on, go to Psalm 91. That's what I'm quoting from. Psalm 91. Anybody know Psalm 91? You ever read Psalm 91? I believe you'll see something today that you had not seen before. You believing with me? We prayed a few minutes ago, remember? Are we making progress? I know some traditions die hard. But if you need to, shoot them again. Pow! Stay down. Stay down. <laughs> Let the Word be your foundation. Yes. Amen. Psalm 91. He that dwells. Dwell means live. It also means stay. We said there... Where's the, where, where's the safest place on earth? Somebody says, well, Florida. Well, <laughs> have you watched the news lately? Well, it's Arkansas. Well, it's, you know, way up in the remote regions of Canada. Well, it's, well, it's, you know, when we travel, I've had people say, man, where are you going? Well, watch out. You sure you need to go? We'll pray for you. The first mission trip that uh, we went on, I and a friend of mine went. And uh, I talked about it actually, I guess, was it Friday night? Yes, sir. Yeah. So we're back on it again now. While we were there, there was a military coup. There was uh, troops inside a fort some of our team was out on the road passing out tracks and witnessing to people we were up in the mountains working on a building building a structure and uh, some of the soldiers jumped out and started shooting back at the other soldiers on the inside tanks rolled up at the capitol building I mean the country is in lockdown in fact when it came time for us to come home, Phyllis went to the airport and no airplane came. We couldn't get out of the country. And uh, the fear was palpable. You, 
I mean, you could feel it in the streets. I'd never experienced, I, I grew up in a relatively safe place, and I'd never experienced anything like that. I mean, you could, mothers were grabbing their children and running, and uh, the fear was just tangible. And we made it back to the ministry compound, and the person that was in charge, I mean, I, I remembered later that evening, I, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I heard a popping sound. And I thought, well, who is shooting firecrackers <laughs> at this hour of the night? And I realized, that's right down in the street right there, and those are not firecrackers. It was automatic weapon fire. I'd never experienced that before. But the man, man of God, called us in. He said, let's pray. We were ready to. Nobody argued with him. <laughs> Everybody was ready to pray. <laughs> and uh, the Lord gave him this. He said, how many of you believe you're, you're supposed to be here, that the Lord directed you to be here? Well, I shared with you Friday. It was supernatural how I got there. I knew it wasn't my idea to even be there. He said, did you know you are safer here in the will of God Amen. than you would be back home out of the will of God. Is that true or is that not? Where is the safe place? It's not a geographic location. It's not behind your steel door with your four locks. <laughs> Hate to break it to you, but there is no place on earth completely safe. There just is no place. Except the place of the center of his hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In his will, yes. you having committed to follow him, committed your heart and life Amen. to do what he tells you to do and to trust him. Yes. Come on. He is able yes. to keep. What you've committed to him. He's able to keep you there. No matter what's going on. No matter where. When he said that man. That just went right into me. I thought that is absolutely the truth. I mean you, you could be out of the will of God at home. Live in a town that's the lowest crime rate in the world. And a bus hits you crossing the road. Right? <laughs> well why did God let that bus hit him? Well it was their time. And he took them. Because he needed another angel in the choir. And God loved them more than we do. And he just didn't want to do without them anymore. And so he just took them. I know they were only 23. But we just don't understand God's ways. Not. Not true. No. Men's ideas. Trying to explain things they don't understand. Contrary to the word of God. God didn't send the bus to hit the man and kill him. That's the wrong question. Wrong question. Tell me the right question. Why wasn't God able to protect the man? That's the question. Why wasn't God able to keep him? Well, if he was supposed to be somewhere else. Did you hear me? the Lord told him 10 years ago to do something else, be something else, go somewhere else, do something for him, and he's been out of the will of God for 25 years, things like that can happen because you are out from under the cover. And this world is a dangerous place. It, it can be fatal trying to live in this world without protection. I'm talking about divine protection. You can die young. You can die wrong. The only way you will make it. Through an entire successful long life. Is because he's keeping you. That's the only way you make it. And are successful. And make it all the way. And that's what Psalm 91 is describing. Somebody who makes it all the way. Anybody believe you can make it all the way? Yeah. In this cursed, full of evil, dangerous world? Yeah. Can you make it all the way? Yeah. You can. Amen. How'd they make it? He that dwells 
in the secret place of the Most High, who lives there, stays there, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know what the shadow of the Almighty is? It's a force field. It's an energy field. I'm not joking. It's an energy field. What do you mean? It's spiritual. And it's real. God put a hedge around everything Job and his family had. You remember that? The devil was aware of it. And for years and decades couldn't penetrate it. Concerning God's people in Egypt. When the plague swept through the land. They would come up against an invisible barrier. At the border of the land of Goshen. There was no physical fence there. It's just like a state line. Like you're driving out of Florida into Georgia or something. Well, what did it hit? An energy field. Hallelujah. When he told them to keep the Passover, he said the destroyer is going to come through and kill all the firstborn in Egypt. But if you'll offer up the sacrificial lamb, which is the type of Jesus, and if you'll take the blood and put it on the front of your house, he'll have to pass by. He won't be able to come in your house. Well, why? He'd come up against something. Boom. Can't get in. Boom. How many want the enemy doing that? Boom. 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 Why do bad things happen? Because the devil is the God of this world. The earth itself, the ground and the air is cursed. Evil is everywhere. I know we don't think like that because we're born here. It's the only place we've ever known. But this is a dark place. It's full of death. Cruel things are happening everywhere. You need protection (laughs) down here. If you're going to make it any length of time and you're going to be successful... You need protection. You need protection from the curse. You need protection from the evil. You need protection from the enemy. There's a safe place. I said there's a safe place. It's it's the secret place of the Most High abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress my God, in Him will I trust. Say that out loud. Make that your confession this morning. Say, I say, I say of, the Lord, of the Lord, He is, he is my, refuge. my refuge. He is, he is my, fortress. my fortress. My God, my God. In, him in Him will I trust. He went on to say, surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Did, he, did God say he was going to remove noisome pestilence from the earth. No, he didn't. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. He's not at this time going to rid the curse out of the earth or take all the evil or all the evil people. What's his solution for us? He will cover you. You're in the world, but you're not a part of it. Your citizenship is in heaven. Your father is not the devil. You're in a different family. You've been born again. Hallelujah. And if you'll commit everything to him, he is able in the midst of all this pain and cruelty and suffering, he is able to. To keep you. Somebody say he keeps me. He keeps me. Now in order for that to happen. You got to do the first part. You got to commit it to him. I commit it to him. And that which I commit to him. He keeps. 
He said, you'll not be afraid for the terror by night. So there is going to be terror by night. Didn't say pray that God would cause all the terror by night to cease in the earth. See, that's futile praying. In this age and time, that's not going to happen. The arrow that flies by day. This is violence. Should we pray that, you know, God's going to make all violence stop on the earth? It, it will happen when, you know, there's new heavens and new earth. But right now, it's not going to happen. Because you've got billions of people in rebellion against God. And Satan is called the God of this world. I can't stop all of that. You can't stop all of that. What can we do? We can dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We can live in such a way and believe in such a way and obey in such a way that He can keep us in the midst of this until we've run our race, finished our course, and get out of here. Is there going to be terror by night in the earth? Is there going to be arrows and bullets that fly by day? Yeah, there are. Can you stop them all? Can you pray hard enough? Fast enough? No, you can't. But what you can do is let him protect you. Let him keep you in the midst of this. He said, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes in noonday. That is going to continue. But a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. How can that be? How can that be? Something is sweeping and destroying and killing. And it killed a thousand people. And then when it got to you, it didn't touch you. How how can that be? How can that be? Something is destroyed. Maybe it's a fire. Maybe it's a disease. Maybe it's a a nuclear bomb. Whatever it is. It killed 10,000 people. And when it got to you, it didn't touch you. It didn't touch you. 10,000 dead. But miraculously, there was a survivor. There was a survivor. One out of 10,000. Well, I guess 11,000 because there was 1,000 over here, 10,000 over here. 11,000 dead. One survivor. Nobody knows how. Am I reading the Bible or am I reading the Bible? Why? Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Why? Verse 9. Why? How could this be? Why would this be? Because... You have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation. We live in Him. In Him we live and move and have our being. We dwell in Him. We stay in Him. We get up in the morning. We talk to Him. We pray to Him. We worship Him. He tells us to do something. We do it. Come on, you with me? He tells us to go, we go. He tells us to stay, we stay. He tells us don't go there, we don't go there. He tells us stop that, we stop it. He tells us start that, we start it. What am I describing? I'm describing dwelling in Him, living in Him, staying in Him, and being yielded to Him and committed to Him. And in this case, He will be able to Keep us. Keep us. Keep us. You know why you're still here? When I, my uh, great granddad on my mother's side was shot and killed when he was 21. And my granddad on my mother's side was shot and killed when he was 21. And they told me, you look just like him. My grandmother on my mother's side would show me pictures. The only picture I ever saw of him was in the casket. And they'd say, you look just like him. And I was the next boy on that side of the family. And they said, you look just like him. Your hair's just like him. You look just like him. 
And then people would say, isn't that strange? Shot and killed when he was 21. And his daddy was shot and killed when he was 21. And they'd say, you look just like him. (laughs) And I didn't realize it, but the devil was trying to plant a seed in me that, you know, isn't that strange? I mean, as a boy, I'd lay in bed at night sometimes thinking about it. That's strange. Shot and killed when he's 21. And his daddy was shot and killed when he was 21. And you look just like him. <laughs> there was that thought. And the thought would come to me sometime as a, in my teens. Man, you better live it up while you can. Because, you know, you won't be around much longer. And I didn't realize it, but it was the enemy. Bringing thought, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And uh, he actually had it set up. I didn't realize it. But uh, I was dealing with some things with trucking back years ago. And I came to meet this guy who had pulled in with this truck and this load. And I went and beat on the door because he wasn't answering and responding. And uh, the truck was running. And I beat on the door and called his name, called his name. He never answered And so uh, I went away, and I saw him a few days later. He said, man, he said, I almost shot you. I said, what? He said, I'd been peeled up for days. And he said, and and I was asleep, and I was out of my head with drugs. And when you beat on the door, he said, I thought somebody was trying to break up. He said, I had a 357 pointed at you with the hammer back through the door. Well, I could have been number three. But you know, a few years prior to that, I had discovered through the Word of God that Christ has redeemed me. Oh, hallelujah. From the curse, Christ has redeemed me. I begin to say things like that. And so uh, even, even after that, even when I first started the ministry, thoughts had come to me. You're not going to make it much longer. You better do what you can because you're, you're going to die young. You're going to die young. You're going to die young. And it, that, that tried to dog me for my childhood and my youth. But thank God for the greater one inside. The Spirit of God. One day, I kept feeding on the Word, getting my faith built up. One day, the Spirit of God spoke. I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me distinctly. He said, why don't you ask him why he hasn't already killed you? Amen. And it hit me. I thought, yeah. I got sassy. I thought, yeah, bad boy. Why? Why hadn't you already taken me out? He said, you know why he hadn't already taken me He would have. He's tried to. And, I, and the Lord reminded me of all the accidents that I've had. You talk about a rambunctious boy. I mean, I fell out of the loft of a, a two or three story barn and hit my head on a post and and then the metal fell down and hit me in the head. Don't make any jokes about that now. I, sw- I swung from the trees like I was Tarzan and fell off a cliff. So I-, I dove into places where no sane human being would dive and, and cut my, I-, I hit rocks and cut my veins open, you know, without meaning to. And I, I slid down on wet roads with a fast motorcycle. And, and slid, and, and a Buick come over the, the, the ridge, and I'm just laying there in the middle of the road like a, like a splattered fish. I mean, there's so many reasons I ought not be here right now talking to you. But I had a grandma that prayed, and I had a mama that prayed, and, and God knew that one day I'd say yes, and I would commit myself to him, and he kept me. Oh, somebody say he kept me. He has kept me until this present hour. That's why you're here. By the mercy of God. He knew you'd say yes. He knew there'd come a time when you'd commit things to him. Others praying for you too. He spared. How many can lift a hand and know? He has spared me. Car wrecks. Diseases. Crime. You name it. He has spared me so many times. And that's just the ones you know about. Most of them, you don't even know how close you came. You never knew it. You never knew it. Yeah, the Spirit of God quickened me and said, won't you ask him why he hadn't already done it? I thought, yeah. 
Just because you like men. Won't let me live a little bit longer. No. Uh -uh. He would have killed you. 10,000 times over. If he could have. He's tried. But God has kept you. By his angels. By his mercy. By his spirit. And if you'll follow him. And commit yourself to him more and more. He'll be able to keep you. All the way. Until you run your entire race. Finish your entire course. I want you to read that. That's what this is talking about right here in Psalm 91. Because you made the Lord. Verse 9. Your habitation. Verse 10. What? Verse 10. Oh, there's a deadly disease. There's a plague. There's a virus sweeping through the neighborhood. 40,000 have already died. You'll have to die too. No, you don't have to die. Can God keep you? Say say it out loud. No evil evil will befall me. me. No plague plague will come near my dwelling. dwelling. Why wouldn't it come in your house? Why couldn't it come in your house? If it's going in houses all over the neighborhood, why couldn't it come in your house? Why? What makes you so special? It's because you're better than everybody else? No. It's not because they were worse than anybody else that it hit them. The curse is in the earth. It'll take everybody out. Unless you got some protection. Why'd God do this to me? Wrong question. Wrong question. Wrong question. The question is, if it, there wasn't protection, why wasn't it there? Why wasn't the Lord able to protect? There will no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. For, anybody believe this besides me? Yeah. For, said out loud, he, he shall, he has, he does give his angels charge over me to keep me. In all my ways. It was a comfort to me. Flying over 4,000 miles of Atlantic Ocean in the dark. Hours for many help from anybody. But I could look out on the wing and by faith I could see angels. We're not alone. God's helping us. His hand is on us. He's keeping us. This wasn't just my idea. We're out here serving him. We're doing what he. Come on are you with me? We've committed this to him. And he keeps. That which is committed to him. Hallelujah. They'll bear you up in their hands. Lest you dash your foot against a stone. How many believe that? Literally is true. Your, your life committed to God. You're really following him. I mean angels will pick you up. Keep you from stumping your toe. These kind of things are real. You'll tread upon the lion, the adder, the young lion, the dragon. You'll trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me. That's back to verses we were quoting earlier. What kind of, what group is it? That he causes all things to work together? The good. Them that love him. Because he set his love on me. Therefore will I deliver him. I'll set him on high. Because he's known my name. He will call on me. And I will answer him. I'll be with him. In trouble. What else? What else? What else? I will. Not only. Not I'll be with him. And watch him while he spirals down the drain. And says don't forget. I'm here. I'm No. No, I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and why? Because you honored him. You honored him and he honors you. Verse 16, verse 16. How are you going to make it? From conception. How many know there are 10,000 ways to perish before you're ever born? Right? And more than that. Once you're born and you're four days old, how many ways can you die and perish? And two. My word. Two-year-olds. Blaring and running around. 
I used to think I was the great escape artist. They made jokes about it. Everybody that tried to watch me as a little kid, two, three, and four, I'd run away. I thought it was funny. My grandmother, they tell me, was running down the street in Jackson, Mississippi, and I had a big lead on her, and I was laughing just as hard as I could laugh. And she, older, trying to catch up with me. How many of that's dangerous for a two and three year old? And four, I mean, four, whatever I was. Four, that's dangerous. A lot of ways you can get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Bo, come on, we, we need to thank God today. Amen. Come on, we need to thank God. We made it Hallelujah. through the nine months in our mother's womb. We made it you, through the, people call them the terrible twos. We made it yeah. through the twos and the fours. Amen. We made it through elementary school. Come on. Right. We made it through the teenage years. We made it through some stupidity. It was by the mercy of God. We could have been taken out so many times. How much more now that we should have a little bit of sense and are actually trying to listen to God now, how much more should we be kept and sustained? And he said, what, verse 16, with what? Long life. I'll satisfy and show him my salvation. One says, I'll show him how I can save. This is not apart from the previous passage. This is the culmination of it. What, what do you mean? How did you make it to long life? You didn't die by the arrow. The pestilence didn't get you. Come on, can you see this? The plague didn't get you. Why? All these things that got so many, even a thousand over here and ten thousand over here, it didn't get you. Why? Not because they were worse, not because you're better, but because by the mercy of God, you trusted him. Oh, somebody say, I trust him. You, you trusted him, and by faith and obedience, you committed to him your life and your way in following him, and he was able to keep you. And he did. And you got so old, the old people called you old. <laughs> and you seen it all and done it all. And where you ran your whole race, you finished your whole course, you did what God made you to do, what he put you on the earth to do, and you finished it. And one morning the Lord said, you can come on now if you want to. And you said, oh, I want to. And you leave this life aged and satisfied. Because he kept you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.